This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. So you think you had a bad week. It probably wasn't as rough as Facebook. From a massive outage to a congressional testimony from a Facebook whistleblower, Let's break down everything that's happened over the last few days for the social media giant. I'm Roger Chang, and this is your Daily Charge. With us to recap the week's events is our Facebook reporter, Queenie Wong. Welcome, Queenie. Thank you for having me. It's been another hectic week for Facebook. Just when you thought <laughs> things couldn't get worse, they did actually get worse. And, and yes, and the craziness kicked off on Sunday night where the Facebook whistleblower, Frances Haugen, appeared on 60 Minutes. What does she say? So Frances Haugen revealed herself to be the Facebook whistleblower, and she used to work as a product manager at Facebook on election interference and misinformation. And her message was basically that while she was at Facebook, she saw a lot of conflicts of interest and the company was prioritizing its profit and growth over the safety of its users. And she's worked at other companies, Pinterest and Google, but at Facebook, she felt like the problem was much worse. And she came to sort of like this realization that nobody outside of Facebook knows this. And so before she left, she copied thousands of pages of internal Facebook research and documents to kind of basically ensure that if anyone sort of questioned her on this, they she would have proof. And she filed complaints to the SEC, basically saying that like Facebook is sort of misleading the public about what they say publicly versus what they know internally. Right. And we'll, we'll get back to Haugen in a bit, but the, just the following day, before we could even process all of this, Facebook suffered a massive outage, and we talked about it earlier this week. Um, but I'm curious if Facebook has offered any more answers or insight into what happened and and how they're going to you know prevent this from happening again. Yeah, so Facebook usually doesn't give that many details after an outage. Um, this it rarely does happen, but um, this time, what was different that I saw was they published actually two blog posts explaining the issue. And they basically went into more detail about how the outage happened, which is when Facebook engineers were doing this routine maintenance job and a command was issued um, that brought all its systems uh, to a halt. And there Normally is some sort of tool that prevents this from happening, but that had a bug. And there was just sort of a cascade of problems that happened that made it difficult for the engineers to fix the outage. Um, one of them was getting access to like physical access to the data centers and the fact that their internal tools um, weren't working. So that was a big headache for Facebook employees. It basically was, as the Instagram CEO had said on 
Twitter because Facebook wasn't working, um, that it was kind of a snow day for the company because uh, employees had a hard time doing their jobs. Um, the site was offline for six hours. They had trouble fixing the issue. And the other big issue is that, you know, they can't just flip on all the services at once because that could cause another crash. And so they had to carefully manage how this outage was solved, but there were so many problems going on all at once at the same time. So they provided a very lengthy explanation of blog posts and they said, you know, they're trying to learn from this. So it never happens in the future. And also the good news is that they don't think any user data was compromised during this outage and they don't attribute it to some sort of hacking incident. Right. We, we had talked about this earlier in the week, but just, you know, it, it seems like a fun thing like Snow Day. Oh, we're all free from our social networks. But, you know, for a lot of folks, a lot of businesses that actually use Facebook as their as their sort of platform to, to power their, their business or, or to communicate, a lot of folks were left in the dark for, for almost six hours. So pretty, uh, pretty rough. And, and a, a good example of just how dependent we are on this sickle company, which uh, it's a good segue into the following day, Tuesday, when uh, Francis Haugen appeared before Congress to to testify. Give me a bit of a recap on on how that went and you know what was discussed during that session. During the hearing, I was like, "Wow, this is only Tuesday." <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and, and on Monday, I was like, "It feels like Friday." Um, so she appeared before uh, Congress, and she basically urged them to take action. Like they, she said, "Like you, you guys can change the rule book that Facebook plays by." And the really productive part about the whole hearing was that there were a couple of ideas thrown around, including from Haugen about how lawmakers could regulate a company like Facebook. Um, one of them was making changes to Section 230, which is a law that shields online platforms um, from liability for, con for content posted by their users. And she said it could be tweaked in a way where they're liable for the consequences of how they rank content on their platforms. And so she thinks that would sort of get rid of the incentive for the company to rank the content or present in a way that basically gets users to keep on clicking and using Facebook and engaged on the platform. And oftentimes it's the most inflammatory, angry, you know, political content that keeps people on these platforms. And that's the type of content that is really troublesome when it comes to protecting democracy. And the other thing she talked about was like a oversight board, not the one that Facebook has already, but one within the government, like a regulatory oversight agency that would um, hold these companies accountable. So um, she sort of rehashed what she said on 60 Minutes, but she also offered a lot, a lot of ideas for where they could move forward. Got it. And what does Facebook say about this? Yeah, I thought their response was kind of interesting, but not surprising. So their tactic seemed to be to try to discredit uh, Haugen as a witness. Um, they said she never worked on child safety. 
Um, she was never in like C-suite executive board meetings. That was an interesting thing that they said. Um, but they do agree with her that there needs to be more regulation. Their view on how to tweak Section 230 is um, a little different. Um, so they do agree that there should be more regulation. And I think like Haugen probably anticipated this response because um that was part of the reason why she took all these internal documents because she's pointing to internal research from the company. She's not saying necessarily that this is from her own, you know, work experience at the company. So that was kind of Facebook's tactic to try to discredit Haugen as a reliable source for what's happening within Facebook. Right. And then you bring up the child safety thing. It just, it was only last Thursday when we were covering another congressional hearing talking about the issue of child safety. So you're right. It does feel like just the amount of uh, controversies that Facebook is entangled with, it just seems endless at this point, uh, almost like a marathon session. Uh, Beyond Facebook as a company, Mark Zuckerberg himself, the CEO, offered a fairly lengthy response in a Facebook post. Like, what did he say? Mark Zuckerberg did not seem very happy um, with all the media coverage or the congressional testimony. He published this lengthy post that he had shared with employees. And for a while, he's been keeping kind of quiet on uh, all this controversy. And his name was sort of brought up in the congressional hearing. Um, lawmakers try to paint this picture of him not really doing anything, going out and sailing while this controversy is happening. But he he basically said, like, they care deeply about issues like safety um, and combating misinformation. It's hard for him to see what he says is a false picture of the company being painted publicly and that it makes like no logical sense that the company would push more angry inflammatory content because advertisers don't want to see their products besides that type of content. And so he really pushed back and said like, this is, I don't agree with, you know, how we're being characterized um, and sort of our motives and incentives. And how did people actually, how did people respond to that? Because I imagine uh, the comments for that post must have been pretty colorful. Yeah, it seems at this, at this point, this has been sort of an ongoing issue with Facebook. Um, people just don't trust the company. So now it's gotten to the point where no matter what they say, um, especially because um, this controversy stems from internal research the company has done and that they didn't share publicly, they just don't trust what Zuckerberg or Facebook is saying. And you could see that in the comments. Um, one of the comments I read was like, when people are lying, they seem to talk a lot more. Or, you know, if you have to read, if you have to write an entire novel, it seems kind of suspicious. Um, and there were some comments there saying like, you know, Zuckerberg, I think you're like a good guy and stuff like that. Um, so it, there was a mix of comments, but like a lot, I saw a lot of them where it sort of raises ongoing issue with Facebook where people just don't trust what the company is saying at this point. Yep. Yeah. 
Uh, it wasn't all bad news. Um, Facebook also talked a little bit about its connectivity ambitions or its its uh, projects to connect poor people online. What did it? What was sort of the the big announcement from this week? So Facebook basically gave a rundown of all the different efforts that they've been working on to bridge the digital divide and get people more access to faster internet. One of the one of them is like a fiber spinning robot that we wrote about. Um, Terragraph, a wireless system that's supposed to help in remote areas, um, undersea, you know, cables. Um, so, and, and, and they said that so far since they've been working these efforts, um, they've helped more than 300 million people get faster or get access to faster internet. Um, so Facebook is trying to paint this, um, picture of, we do like help people in poor areas. Um, but it also benefits Facebook because the more people they can get online, the more users they also can get on Facebook. So it's kind of a mutually beneficial um, effort for Facebook. Sure. Yeah, yeah. But I'm just curious, the, the the timing of that news was a little suspicious. I mean, given everything else that's going on and they knew this stuff was coming, like, uh, did it feel like they were just trying to distract you from all everything else that was going on with this this news? Well, the really annoying thing is that the um, press briefing for their connectivity efforts happened midway through the congressional hearing with the whistleblower. So I had to run to the (laughs) other thing because the CTO was on this call and he actually was asked uh, during the press briefing, like, hmm, all this is like interesting timing. And, you know, the Wall Street Journal has said that there's issues with moderating content in developing countries um, as you kind of like push deeper into developing areas that have less internet access. Um, That's one big concern. Um, So he tried to separate himself from the controversy and, and said like, you know, content moderation issues are are a whole different set of problems than what the company is dealing with when it comes to internet connectivity. And was it sort of, is it sort of a distraction? You know, it seems like nowadays anything Facebook announces is bad timing. So it's kind of hard to say. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good point. That's a good point. So what what happens next? Because we've just had, you know, two congressional hearings in two weeks. Uh, What's next on the docket? What's next for Facebook? I think we're going to see more um, congressional hearings, actually, because Bloomingdale has said he's been talking to other companies. So I think there's going to be more more testimony, maybe not from Facebook, per se, but from other companies um, like TikTok or like YouTube or um, he didn't name the companies, but that's what I'm expecting. Um, Facebook has their connect conference at the end of this month. So I'm sure they will be doubling down on how they're, you know, connecting people through VR and AR. Um, I think, I think Facebook has continually pushed back against this idea that they prioritize profits over safety, but it's kind of reached the point where people don't trust or believe what Facebook is saying. So 
that is going to be a very tricky problem for the company to solve. Absolutely. And, and I'm sure the story is long, far from over. So Queenie, thank you for your time. You can check out her story on CNET.com. If you have any questions, hit us up on Twitter at The Daily Charge or sign up for direct text messages from me by heading to CNET.co slash Daily Charge. And if you liked what you heard, please rate and subscribe to the podcast. It really helps us out. For The Daily Charge, I'm Roger Chang. Thanks for listening. <laughs>